This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bass. Well, our next guest has witnessed the toll of the migrant surge firsthand. He works at the Rowe Hotel, where rooms have been trashed. Look at these pictures that he sent us. And tons of food is thrown away daily. Felipe Rodriguez joins us now. Felipe, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. How many migrants were at your hotel? Um, actually, it's the entire hotel, from the third floor to the 28th floor. And what is your job there? I am the mid-runner. I actually uh, attend to all the guests. Um, whatever they need, uh, whatever they order, uh, a hairdryer, uh, towels, extra sheets, whatever they think that they may need during the day, I'll, I'll take care to them. And what, what are you witnessing? What did you see from the migrants that were staying in your hotel? Chaos, total chaos. I mean, there's no accountability. The city, so-called, running the program, um, allows these people to destroy these rooms. There is no... Uh, daily supervision to show these people that this is a hotel and that you don't destroy the hotel. You're only there temporarily. This is not your home. Um, unfortunately, uh, the ones that are paying the price is the hotel workers, uh, local six union workers. Those guys and those ladies um, endure a lot of disrespect from the migrants. And there are some nice migrants, but there's too much alcohol, too much drugs, and too much violence. And you have teenagers, you know, uh, going into the staircases and making out and like it's a lover's lane. I mean, you know, this is a free fall for all. Okay. Um, Steve Cortez, they're not migrants. This is illegal aliens brought in. This is the invasion. The Biden administration is working on this. Is why New York is going to get impeached. And we had Andy Biggs on yesterday. This is going to lead to Garland, to Joe Biden. They, they, right. they've, they've thrown away and trashed the laws of the United States of America. This way, and Eric Adams at first, yes, yeah, send him up here. And now he's running around. They all want bailouts. Here, here's how much money you're going to get. Zero. If the Republicans House authorizes one penny for this, it's outrageous. Let Eric Adams and the people in New York, all these Democrats, right, and all the people on the Upper West Side and Upper East Side that vote for it, hey, baby, I think you sent another 100,000 uh, migrants there, immigrants, uh, illegal aliens today. Let's do it. Let's, let's flood right. the zone. Why not? They bring it on. They vote. They bring it on to the nation. This is why people are going to go, oh, ban it's all for. The oligarchs hate you. The oligarchs hate everything that you stand for. Everything that's bad in your life is driven by these oligarchs, okay? And you got a few that are Republicans, and, but they hate you even more than the Democrats do. So why not tax them? I'm all for it. I'll see Robert Reich and I'll raise you. I'll raise you, Reich. You got nothing. I'll raise you. Now, I want to cut spending to the bone. You're not going to do, we're not going to have a $1.5 trillion discretionary spending. That's obscene. It's an obscenity. It's a total obscenity. But they forced this upon us, uh, Steve. Why don't we just let them, yeah. why don't we just let it roll in New York City, sir? 
Listen, this story is so outrageous, and I just wrote a new article. It's on my Substack, uh, Immigrant Ingrates, about the total ingratitude, you know, worse than just ingratitude, right? Uh, actual terrible behavior displayed by these illegal migrants who are being housed in Manhattan in luxury-style hotels. Now, some of them have been moved, and that gentleman, by the way, I, th I think that's such a fantastic clip because it's so telling and so revealing in many ways. That gentleman, Felipe Rodriguez, a citizen of the United States, happens to be Hispanic, like so many people in the hospitality business, a hardworking man, right, uh, who has been revolted by the behavior of these illegal migrants who are trashing these rooms. That's at the Rowe Hotel, a nearby hotel, the Watson Hotel. The men, and it's all men, working age, healthy, able men uh, who are layabouts, who are doing nothing uh, other than acting destructively, they have been moved by the city of New York to a perfectly fine uh, uh, location, a housing terminal at the, at the uh, Brooklyn Cruise Terminal, and they revolted against it. They came back to Manhattan to protest. They are literally protesting. They are literally biting the hands that feed them because they are unhappy with the level of accommodations as illegal migrants that are being provided for them by the taxpayers of the United States. Steve, if we were a serious country, we would deport these people in a New York second. Okay, that is the reality. These people have been unvetted. They are uninvited, and yet, they are being treated better than American citizens. And as Felipe Rodriguez showed us, they are disrespecting American citizens. And regarding the financial cost here, Governor Hochul of New York just revealed a massive new budget that includes $1 billion of state spending. This is important, not just New York City. If you're a hardworking farmer in upstate New York, $1 billion of spending to support these rabble-rouser layabouts who are destroying hotels in New York and who are protesting the manner in which we are hosting them in our country. Steve, this is madness. It has to stop. No, it's madness, and, and, and it ought to go up to the Upper West Side, the Upper East Side. They ought to put them all on Park Avenue, and those hotels in the Upper East Side. Put them up there. Let's the Upper East Side. You people vote for it. Let's put it down with the woke. I want to go to Greenwich Village. Let's, go, let's put them in the Mercer Hotel down there. Let's put them, come on, let's, let's go full woke. Let's go down to Prince Street. Let's, let's put them in. The people that back this, you people that back it, suck on that. You, you know, it's time not to have the El Pasos and these poor folks in these border towns or these other towns are shipping them into. Let's have the elites. The oligarchs love this. They back it up. They want it. Well, then let them have it. Let them see it. And it's only going to get worse. And you're totally right. They're ingrates. They, 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 they came in here. They have, by the way, Cortez, how bad do you think it's going to get? This is this is their this is their opening introduction where they're on their best behavior. How good right. how good do you think this is going to get, sir? Right. No, look, the the reality is uh, a porous border, an open border, which is what we have right now in the United States, is always a terrible idea. It is a particularly terrible idea in a time of significant economic stress, as we covered throughout the first hour of this show. Regular Americans, citizens of this country, especially working class people, people of modest means, are struggling simply to survive. OK, so not only is it a bad national security policy, bad economic policy, it's just incredibly symbolically offensive to bring in millions of migrants unvetted, uninvited into this country. Uh, to treat them better than American citizens are treating, and then to have a certain portion of them uh, disrespect um, and, and show complete ingratitude for that hospitality. 
you know, I, I hope that this opens okay. the eyes of but, people who think yeah. that there's something compassionate about an but, open border. There's nothing compassionate about it. And no, these immigrant ingrates need to be deported yesterday. Okay, that's the reality. If we want to be a serious country, if we want to have sovereignty of this country, if we want to pretend to care about the security and prosperity of American citizens, many of whom happen to be black and brown and struggling yeah. right now, then we have to deport these people and we have to secure the border. Immediately. Deport it immediately. Get there. Hold it. Don't don't bury the lead, brother. And you get all these guys going on TV now, the Biden economist. The biggest problem with inflation is the wages of the working class. That's your replacements. The layabouts are your replacement. That's where they're flooding the zone. That's where they're bringing in New York City. They want they want to bring the wages down to the working class. Like that's the biggest problem we got. The biggest problem we have is that working class people are making too much money. That, seriously, this right. is what they come on. They keep saying immigration is our solution. Immigration is our solution right. for inflation. They just want the votes. It's it's so callous. Uh, there's so uh, ob- this, it's so obnoxious. Just the bald faced lies. The problem right. we have are not wages of working class people. Trust me. That's not. Right. If you're going to do a, a list of a hundred issues, that's maybe number one hundred and ten. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not a that's not compelling. And you're and you're and they're flooding the zone. So people that vote for that, that's what you're going to get. Steve Cortez. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, you're so right, by the way, that the left's answer always the ruling class, the corporatists, their answer always in the permanent Washington is more immigration. It doesn't almost matter what the, what the question is. The answer for them is more immigration. But we have to ask the real question is, wait, does this serve the interests of the United States? Look, listen, I'm an immigrant son, and I think through most of American history, not lately, but through most of American history, we did immigration exceptionally well, better than any country in the world. We're not doing it very well. I'm talking legal immigration right now. We're not doing legal immigration very well in recent decades, unfortunately, mainly because we shifted to a model of chain migration rather than based on merit. And then illegal immigration, which, of course, is unacceptable at any level, is utterly out of control. I also think, Steve, this is important. Uh, Those of us on the right who believe believe in immigration restriction, who believe in sovereignty, who want this country to heal itself, to use an analogy, let's put on our own mask, as the flight attendants tell you before trying to help others. I think we need to demand, we need to go further and not just demand sanity at the border, not just demand deportation of these immigrant ingrates. I believe we need to go further and call for a moratorium. It is time for a pause on even legal immigration. There's plenty of precedent for this in American history. America has not always been an open door. We open the door at times, we close the door at times, depending on our needs and prerogatives and goals for American citizens. Immigration is not a good in and of itself. It exists to enhance and uh, the lives of American citizens. And given that right now, it is not yes. serving the interests of American citizens. And I believe not only do we need to clean up this current mess we have, not only do these ingrates need to be gone immediately, we also need to stop legal immigration so that we can reset uh, and we can determine the filters um, and, and the entry requirements for legal immigration once we decide as a country to restart it. And there's nothing racist about that. There's nothing prejudiced about that. Steve, I once had a fascinating conversation when I worked at CNN. I was in the green room in New York and we were going to talk about immigration. And somebody there, uh, an on-air person that people would know, I asked them, I said, tell me what level of immigration uh, restriction would be allowable for you to not call us racist. And he said, well, there is none. No, In, in other words, no, it has to be open. If, if it's not utterly open, if it's not just a completely wide open door, then you're a racist. So 
fine, let them call us racist, okay? Don't even bother responding uh, to those kinds of slurs. We are a country, we have sovereignty, we, are one of, we must protect first and foremost the interests and prerogatives of American citizens of any color, of any ethnicity, um, and a huge part of that right now, I believe, is getting control of our border, getting these ingrate layabouts out of this country, and then determining going forward what makes sense for legal immigration, if any, into this country. Uh, Steve, right before I let you go, we're bringing Monica, but I want to bridge this with, we're going to have Kevin Roberts, Dr. Roberts on here tomorrow to talk about this uh, magnificent piece about uh, cutting the defense budget. Just g- give us a, a, a give us a headline off of that, of because uh, we've got to make some serious cuts here. We've got to be adults. Right. Uh, your thoughts on the defense budget? It's a fantastic piece. Look forward to seeing it tomorrow. I read the piece. I encourage people to read it before you watch him. Uh, he talks about systemic cuts. You're exactly right, Steve. Just cutting waste is not enough. Of course we should do that, right? But in other words, reorienting how we think about defense, how we prioritize our defense, and how we can actually get safer while spending less. That's the kind of conversation and analysis we need right now, particularly from those of us on the right. Steve Cortez, thank you very much. Uh, we'll go to your Substack. We'll get all your social media up. Thank you very much for coming on. Appreciate it. Thank you, brother Cortez, Monica Crowley. Uh, talk to us. You were you've were learned geopolitics at the right hand of Richard Nixon, and you've also were a senior executive in President Trump's Treasury, particularly on how you explain to the American people what's going on. Give us your your initial thoughts about the the. Total debt in the United States as a national security issue, man. We've got about a minute. We're going to go to break and hold you. But it, the national debt as a national security and geopolitical issue for America, how big? It is enormous. I mean, we're closing in on $32 trillion in national debt, and it is a huge drag on the U.S. economy, on on American society. And from a communications point of view, Steve, from a messaging point of view, Republicans, conservatives, America firsters who are out there talking about the debt ceiling and the necessity for negotiations and widespread and deep spending cuts to get this national debt under control, they need to be messaging it in a national security language. You're exactly right about that. I haven't heard enough of it. I've heard it from you, the war room posse, but I haven't necessarily heard it from our elected representatives. They need to be talking about how it is putting America on the back heel in terms of confronting 21st century national security threats. Monica Crowley is going to stick with us. We're going to take a short commercial break. We're going to match slap later to talk about CPAC, Joe Allen, this explosion of AI. We told you it was going to start overwhelming people. This is just the top of the first inning. In fact, this is the first batter in the top of the first inning. Okay, short commercial break. Monica Crowley on the national debt, on the financial crisis in the United States, and the Ukraine war. Remember, we sent her the tanks because they're going to go on an offense in the spring in Crimea. Oops. Now they got 500,000 troops on their border, Russian troops about to invade. All next in the war room. Despite the U.S. blowing through $31.4 trillion debt ceiling in January, the leftist White House still refuses to reduce spending. While our national leadership has buried their heads in the sand, when it comes to fiscal responsibility, it's time to pull yours out. Think about this. To dig our country out of this mountain of debt, every single taxpayer in America would have to write a check for $247,000, and it's only going to get worse. Now would be a great time to diversify into gold with Birch Gold. In times of high uncertainty and instability, gold is king because it's dependable. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. 
Here's what you need to do. Text Bannon, that's B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold and then talk to one of our precious metals specialists. Protect yourself with gold today by texting Bannon to 989898. That's Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. With an A-plus rating, with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, you can trust Birch Gold to protect your future. Text Bannon to 989898 today to get your free info kit. Take action. Use your agency. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, Monica Crowley joins us. Like I said, she learned her geopolitics uh, at the right hand of Richard Nixon, and she understands capital markets as well as anybody. That's where she was a senior executive over in President Trump's Treasury Department. Um, Monica, we've, we've been hammering on uh, the Republicans to don't put a bid on the table. This is not the way these negotiations work. Make the Treasury turn over their financial model because we've got to understand exactly where we are. Right. Before you have a negotiation, you've got to understand they got to and, and they know it. And all, only number we the only number we have from Janet Yellen in all her letters is is number five, June, the fifth of June. That's her number. OK. And the date up the top. We, we need actual numbers. But when we look at also Ukraine and here's why I wanted to get you on, because you're an expert in this. Just in the last week. We had battle tanks. We never had a debate on it. All of a sudden, main battle tanks. Had to get battle tanks. Main battle tanks. Boom. Had to get the Panzers or the Leopard 2s, whatever they call them. Got to get those on with the, with the Iron Crosses on them so we can roll those across Ukraine. That's a good, that's a good look. Um, we, we've got on the 80th anniversary of the surrender of the German army at Stalingrad. Um, the... Um, and then so we had to get that. Then the very next day, you got the you know you got Lockheed sitting here. We, and the very next day, you got F-16s. Got to have F-16s because we need combat air patrol. Oh, by the way, the day after that, the reason we got to get them tanks is we're cha- we're not going to stick around for the siege of Bakhmut. No, we're we're getting ready for a big spring, massive spring offensive, massive spring offensive in uh, to, to liberate Crimea, to liberate Crimea. And on MSNBC and CNN, they're on nonstop, Crimea, ba-boom, tanks, we've got to have tanks. To, and then all nowhere, the Ukrainian defense minister, the Ukrainian defense minister says, hey, there's actually 500,000 Russians on our border right now, and they're getting ready for a winter offensive, and they're coming, and we need immediate help. We need every weapon you got, and they're working on a $3 billion another package. Monica, this is madness. This is just madness. Is it not now time to force Biden? to come to the House and to present a, re- a war powers resolution where he actually lays out exactly what the strategy is, what the plan is, what the objectives are, how much is it going to cost, ma'am. It's unbelievable, Steve, that this war in Ukraine has gone on for a year now, and we have not had President Biden report to Congress and to the American people about exactly where all of our hard-earned taxpayer dollars are going. And by the way, where are all of these American weapons going as well? There has been zero transparency. There's been zero accountability in terms of our contribution to this intra-Slavic conflict between the Russians and the Ukrainians. 
Palestinians. The globalists here and abroad cannot believe that this war has not escalated already. They have done everything in their power to try to drag the United States and the wider Western world into this conflict. And there have been obstacles. And so that they are at their wit's end to try to escalate it even further. In terms of the president and the commander in chief, Joe Biden, there is such thing as the War Powers Act. The War Powers Act was passed in 1973 over a Watergate weakened Richard Nixon's veto. Nixon and I talked about it in the mid-1990s when I was working for him, Steve, and we talked about how it is fundamentally unconstitutional. In the Constitution, the American president, it's also the commander in chief, has unilateral power to wage uh, war and peace and all of the issues of national security. We can have that debate, okay, and that's a legitimate debate. But while the War Powers Act is still the law of the land, Joe Biden has an obligation. His administration, the executive branch, has an obligation to report to Congress every 45 to 90 days, depending on what part of any kind of international conflict we are involved in, needs to make a report to Congress. And they have failed to do it. And of course, the Democratic Congress until this January uh, refused to press it. So the administration was under no pressure. But this Republican uh, House needs to put the demands under the War Powers Resolution into action and force the president and the administration to account for every single penny that's gone into Ukraine, every single weapon right on down to every screw in every uh, piece of uh, material that we have sent over there. The American people deserve answers and our elected representatives should step up and fight for those answers for all of us. Even, look, there's a huge gap between, obviously, Tucker Carlson, the war room, uh, the hard MAGA right on this Ukraine war, and more of the neocon element of the Republicans. And, I, you know, we, we have many friends and colleagues that, that have that mindset. So there's a big split within this party. How do we how do but I think both sets would agree that it's now time coming on the one year anniversary, particularly when the defense. And this is just what's happened this week. It's now obviously out of control and we're not getting correct information. When we have the best intel in the world and all of a sudden the Ukrainian minister is sitting there going, there's 500,000 Russian troops on my border. They're going to start a winter offensive. You go to the Mac Daddy on Drudge. It's, all, it's the end of the world. The world's about to end. And this, all this comes out of kind of nowhere, right? You would agree, whether you're a neocon and support the Ukraine war or you're a hard line, not one penny more for Ukraine, that we must unite in forcing Biden to come forward and give us his plan right now so that we can have an up or down vote. Correct, Monica? Yes, because in terms of American uh, national security policy with regard to this war, we have now been involved in various ways, directly and indirectly, for over a year. And we still have not heard from the president beyond we're saving democracy and all of these amorphous, ambiguous terms that really mean nothing. We're fighting for democracy in Ukraine. What does that even mean? Ukraine barely, they, they can barely function. They are a country of deep-seated corruption of longstanding. So this administration, this president, has put, what, about $100 billion plus commitment so far of our hard-earned tax dollars into this conflict without explaining to the American people exactly what the objective is. 
What is the end game here? What do we want to see? Do we want to see the Russians expelled from Ukraine? Do we want to see uh, uh, allies uh, upping their commitment and, and helping us here? What, what is the end game? We have not heard that argument yet. So again, not one penny more for Ukraine until number one, we get a full accountability for every single dime that has gone there so far. And two, what is the end game here? What does the administration want to see? And what is their plan, their short-term, medium, and long-term plan for the region? What is it? We have not heard it. That is a dereliction of duty and, frankly, grounds for impeachment, in my view. Uh, two quick ones. Uh, one, understanding geopolitics like you do, uh, the, 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 the probability that the tanks we're going to give these folks and their training, that they're going to liberate Crimea on a 1 to 10 scale, 1 being zero chance, 10 being you're going to do it and do it quickly. Uh, the liberation of Crimea, ma'am, uh, which was now their chat before they, the Russians had 500,000 troops on their border. Wh- where do, how does that stand as feasible? Zero. Zero chance. The Russians are deeply entrenched there. Uh, the population is heavily Russian. They want to be part of the Russian feder- Federation. So, no, there is zero chance that that's going to happen. And the idea that the United States is going up against Russia, the idea that we have tanks rolling through the plains of Europe, which we have not seen since the end of World War II. The fact that all of this is going on raises much deeper and darker questions that you and the War Room Posse deal with every single day, Steve, and kudos to you, because this is not just the top line of the top line view of what's happened where the Russians invaded and the Ukrainians are trying to expel them. There are much deeper and broader issues going on here that the American people have not been told about. For example, the speculation that the U.S. was controlling dozens of bioweapon labs in Ukraine and that the Russians now know about, about it. There was a story the other day that the Russian defense ministry has about 20,000 documents detailing U.S. involvement in bioweapons research in Ukraine. You know, we've all been focused on the Wuhan lab of virology and Fauci and Peter Datsik's role in all of this, all incredibly important. But were we also helping to develop things like COVID-19 in Ukraine? And this is why the Russians rolled in, because they wanted answers. I mean, look, if the CCP were developing serious bioweapons on the Mexican border, what do you think the United States would do? How do you think we would react? I'm not making excuses for Vladimir Putin here. He's a thug and a killer. But there are so many other deeper things going on here that we need to know about. This this is the key point. This is why you get in for the war powers. This Russian, listen, the Russians are professionals and putting this st- stuff out about that, but oh, the Ukrainians are just as good, trust me. And you got the Europeans. It's all a wilderness of mirrors. The war room posse and the MAGA right has to demand, and this we need to get the information. Let's put it all on the table. See, because I'm telling you, and she's right, once you pick the scab of Ukraine, there's a lot of pus that's going to come out. There's a lot of dark secrets in Ukraine, okay? They have a lot of hungry ghosts there. That, that's been a war zone since 1930. Remember, Ukraine is Kansas, and Stalin starved 5 million people to death while they were having good crops. This wasn't the Dust Bowl uh, of, uh, of West Texas and Oklahoma, okay, in the 1930s. The crops were fine. They, they murdered the people on purpose, okay? Th- this is the bloodlands. This is a whole different deal. It's a Slavic thing, and it's not – listen – 
the United States of America should have nothing to do with this part of the world, okay? When you talk about tanks rolling across there, those were panzers in the Wehrmacht. You wouldn't see Eisenhower or Marshall or Patton or Montgomery. They were said, have you lost your freaking mind? We're not going over there. Impossible. Monica, how do people get to you? I'm going to bring you back, Monica, to talk about the war powers and the constitutionality because it's an amazingly poor question, and that's something that ought to go to the Supreme Court now. Let's, let's roll. Let's see, let's see yeah. if it's constitutional or not, and if it's not constitutional, what is? Monica, how do people get to you for your content and social media, all of it? Oh, thank you, Steve. So my podcast is the Monica Crowley podcast. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. We talk about all of these issues and more and have some fun while we're doing it. Uh, Also on social media, Instagram, I'm at Monica Crowley underscore and Twitter and True Social at Monica Crowley. You're the best and the smartest and the most gracious and the classiest. Monica Crowley, thank you. Honored to have you on here, man. We're going to CPAC next in the war room. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand, And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business church, or nonprofit, and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVIDtaxrelief.org. Your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, um, the Omar situation is happening over in the House right now. We're going to try to get up to date on that here momentarily. We're bringing Matt Schlapp, uh, head of ACU and also head of CPAC. Matt, um, our audience had the best time at CPAC Dallas. And now we're back to the, we're not quite to the original. We're not in Shoreham, but this is the, you're back in Washington, D.C., and this is going to be a big one. I want to go through what can people anticipate because the excitement and people are trying to make decisions. Do I travel? What do I do? That's right. Um, and we got enough time for them to make those decisions. And we got this special deal. But for us, it's going to be special. We're bringing in our contributors, our whole production crew. We get to meet everybody. We'll hang out like we did at CPAC Dallas. Uh, but I want to uh, make sure that people know the speakers, what you're thinking of, topics, areas, other things you guys are going to be doing, sir. Yeah, so obviously we've already announced that President Trump's going to be there. I anticipate that he probably speaks on the last day of the conference uh, on that Saturday. We've already announced, Steve, that you're coming, which I think the fact that you're going to actually have War Room there on site is a big deal. Um, You know, we're going to have the leaders of the House and the Senate that now have to adjudicate on these questions. You just had Monica on. Of course, 
she's also been invited, and we hope that she's going to be able to join us. But this question of Ukraine, you just talked about war powers. You know, what are our constitutional principles? We used to call them our conservative principles. They still are. But it's so basic now. It's beyond just whether or not you're a conservative or what kind of conservative you are. It's like, do you believe in the Constitution? You believe in America. And so what I would say in that whole argument, which we're going to talk about on the stage, is you don't fund things. If you've got a House majority, don't fund things you don't want to see. And if you think Joe Biden needs to come up to the floor of the House and make a presentation as to why we're spending billions of dollars in the Ukraine, you better demand it because the power of the purse since the Magna Carta, and I think that was 1215, is the whole name of the game. Mitch McConnell believes that the power of the purse is too politically hard to use, so he never uses it. These new Republicans, this is their fundamental power. It's woven in all civilizations and all free governments. And uh, and we need to talk about that. We need to talk about that with the weaponization of DOJ. We need to talk about that with the surveillance state. And then we have other big questions. Uh, you know, it's controversial, the qu- question of abortion, not in my family. But, uh, you know, it's a real question. How do you handle this question now that Dobbs is in place and Roe v. Wade has, thank God, been overturned? Is there a federal role? Is it primarily and just basically a state function to regulate abortion? There's differences of opinion amongst conservatives on all these questions. And what we've tried to do with CPAC is take the controversies and put them on stage. The biggest controversy is when Republicans get power, will they follow the Trump model or will they follow the McConnell model? And we're going to we're going to hold them to account during this three days. Well, <clears throat> explain to people you have a main stage. And I'm not sure you could do it in Dallas. I don't know if you had the room, but traditionally when you're at the National Harbor, you have a main stage and you have the yep. big speakers come up and you do some Q&A and sometimes yep. they, they speak and sometimes they do a combo platter. But then you have these breakout rooms. In the breakout rooms, you have, you have some main stage panels, but you also have right. panels if you, if you have an interest that is – because I've been going since '09, I think, with Andrew. And what blew me away is that you had the, you had the exhibition hall. So you can go down there and everybody, you know, there's all these exhibitions and people presenting. And then you've got breakout rooms. You have specialty groups. you got the networking. But then you can go in and out of the main, of the main, you know, the main hall and see, get your, you know, card, your, your schedule and see who you want to get. Then you got the parties right. afterwards, all the, all the, the, you know, it's, it's the single best way over a couple of days to network because everybody worth knowing. That's is there right. every movement, every cause, and you'll and you'll see everything. <laughs> you'll see. I mean, it'll be you know from things you never thought about, right? There, you know, you still <laughs> got the guy that you still got the guy. My dad, no, I had my dad gave this guy a hundred bucks every year. The guy is still he's still there, you know, bitching about the Panama Canal Treaty. He wants my dad right. always wanted the Panama Canal back. That's you right. got the guy he's there at CPAC at his desk, but in everything in between. So is that the type of thing we can expect? Or do you have these breakout rooms and you'll be able to meet yes. the young rising stars in MAGA and the conservative movement? Yeah, you're going to see, I always call it a constitutional a crash course. You, you get reminded on what these principles are that founded the greatest country, America. And then, you know, why is it at stake? I'll give you one, Steve, that no one's really talking about. Do you realize the Biden administration is starting to look at the people that got pardons from Trump, the people who had their sentences commuted by Trump? And they're trying to find ways to re-prosecute these people. I just read an op-ed the other day from Matt Whitaker on this topic. Like, there's all kinds of uh, of up to no good that the Biden administration is talking about. And we all have to get on it because they're doing so many bad things at the same time. It's easy to just kind of get numb to it. And we can't get numb to it. CPAC is going to get more and more activists engaged in the fight on these things. And it's not just 
what happens on the main stage. It's every news outlet is there. Although, Steve, I do want to break some news. We've decided to go a little bit Hungarian on the left wing. I don't call it press or media because they're not the left wing activists that like to think they're media. I don't know why we're letting them come into our house every year so they can beat the hell out of us and lie to us. So I'm not so sure we're going to do so much of that anymore. Uh, if you're a real journalist, OK, fine. But if you're a faux journalist who's just trying to go after people and attack people, I don't think you're constructive to the conversation. And I think the people, the millions of people in this country who just want to see us go back to some kind of constitutional norms, um, I think uh, it's important to be at CPAC. And, and, and you talk about the people you get to run into, every conservative talk show host, every radio show, all those TV shows you love to watch, War Room, obviously, front and center. You're going to be able to participate in all of that. It'll be in the right there in that big hallway. And then you have the hub where every conservative group that's doing something good like the Convention of States or pro-life groups or the NRA or whatever your group or your issue of choice, you can sign up and get active because I tell you, there's not a lot of time on the clock if we stay on the path we're on. No, the thing about the Constitution, I mean, last night you had the, uh, you know, um, uh, Hunter Biden uh, in the family, I guess, or Hunter Biden retained Abby Lowell, and Abby Lowell's going to break bad on everybody. He's going to go to Delaware. He's going to go to the Department of Justice. These guys are all criminals. You know, two years after telling us it's Russian disinformation, and on right. the eve of the House investigation, he finally does a self-own. No, the, the whole Justice Department, the whole thing's corrupt. This is why, and I think that's yes. why... People want to see uh, these panels. Also, just out there, you know, some of these things are controversial. The Convention of States, some people think it's the best That's way right. you can do it to get spending under control. Other people think it's a, it's a, it's a distraction. Abortion, right. some people are super pro-life and want to pray outside the things. The other guy's saying, hey, look, we got to move on because we're going to lose right. elections. When you go to CPAC, you get to meet the principals. You get to ask the questions. You get to sit in the panels and the discussions. Right. You, you will come away with a depth of knowledge, even with things you don't agree about. And you'll start to make you'll start to see the whole the whole package of what this movement is. What will blow you away is the breadth of it and the depth of it and the quality of people. The one thing and I see this in Dallas when people left there, they were so blown away by just the quality of people that were there. Yep. This is this is if you think you're alone out there in the fight, you're not alone. You're not you, alone. You've got a lot of compatriots. And and, and here's the thing about a CPAC. It's the fight club. <laughs> These are people yes, that are coming yes. and saying, hey, we're not going to back down this on one inch. If we're going to have a constitutional republic, Matt, we got to fight for it. And you're right about these journalists. These, these are a lot, Half of these are just political operatives. Right? That's, That's right. what I said. Remember, first day in the White House, I said, hey, our, 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 our opponent here is not the Democratic Party. The opponent is the weaponized media. Because that is the, the Democratic Party, just the people that show up every now and again to take a vote under Nancy Pelosi, just proxy, right? They didn't even have to show up. That's right. Uh, the, 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 the enemy, and they're an enemy. They're not, look, the, and, and they think we're enemy too. I understand it. Hey, we, we have one set of beliefs. They have another set of beliefs. One side's going to win. One side's going to lose. Hey, that's how, that's how it, it goes. And if you want to see how the intellectual architecture of this, that's why CPAC's so important. And we're really uh, appreciative you gave us 47 bucks off. For the war room process, go to cpac.org slash war room. You got all the information, you know, d d make your judgment, but it's going to be in D.C. And here's the thing. You guys bring in all the, the, the hottest topics and the best speakers. And I think that's what it makes it besides all the activists. And it's an activist. This is the place for activists. And, and look, this is a special year. Next year, you're going to hear from the next president of the United States on that stage. Um, that's a very kind of intimate and important moment for the country. Uh, we know that Donald Trump is announced, and 
Of course, he's our sentimental favorite. He was a wonderful president. I'd love to see him back in the White House. But you know what? At CPAC, there'll be people that'll be uh, encouraging other people to run. We're going to hear from them as well. And, uh, and I, I just know this. This is one thing I know. God's not done with America, and Americans aren't done fighting for the honor of their country. And uh, sometimes it's a war without bullets. It's a war of ideas. But it's a war of political muscle. And you, you remind me this all the time, Steve, when you're encouraging me. You got to stand up. You got to have the guts. You got to have the courage. You got to fight hard. If we do that, we're going to we're going to we're going to revitalize this country. I was talking to Carrie Lake last night. We were trying to think through themes, and when we talk about someone who's been through stuff, she is the personification of what the CPAC is about. No matter what they do to us, we get back up and we stand up and we fight the next battle, and that's what we're going to do at CPAC. When you're over the target, sir, that's when you start taking the real flag. <laughs> Right when you're over when you're over the when you're over the Ruhr Valley and precision daylight bombing, that's when uh, that's when they're coming hard. Matt, how do they get to CPAC? How do they get to your personal uh, uh, social media? All of it. Okay, my personal social media truth has now become my favorite uh, at M Schlapp um, uh, on all the platforms, and also just go to CPAC.org. Um, as you said, it's a forty-seven dollar discount which we never do, but that's because you guys have, are going to have a big group. So it's a group discount. You had a big group in Dallas. I know you're going to have a big group here in Washington, D.C. For anyone who's a little concerned about coming to Washington, D.C., this is where I live. This is uh, I don't know if I can say where Steve is because he's always in an undisclosed location. But uh, let's go back and reclaim our city. Let's not let them take these steps to make it feel like we can't come to our capital. I was just up at the United States House of Representatives today, and Kevin McCarthy got rid of all the crap that kept us from going in and talking to our elected representatives. It's now free again. And you know what? Let's take it. Let's defend that freedom and take advantage of it. Get to your nation's capital. Show them that we're not ceding any territory to these leftists. No, it's four days you won't forget. And, of course, it's at the beautiful Gaylord. It's a magnificent facility to have it's it. I kind, of, cool. I kind of pine for the old days of the Shoreham, but it's it, this is much more uh, You like the low ceilings really and perfectly. the... Uh, and the dark lighting and the, like like, you know, that smell like of close quarters in the, of the previous hotel. Yes, that 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 was the showroom. That was the showroom. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew in that Andrew in that front lobby holding court. Those are those, those escalator. Are I remember those big escalators. Um, and he they'd all be running <laughs> after him, talking to him over the escalators. And... Wow. Unbelievable. Um, this one, I'd love Radio Row here, though. The Radio Row is fantastic. The Radio and TV yeah. Row. You'll get to see yep. everybody, all your talk show hosts, everybody. Matt, thank you so much for coming. Look forward to seeing you at CPAC, brother. All right. Thanks, Steve. God bless. Okay. Matt Schlapp. Okay. We want everybody to CPAC. We want a big turnout. We're going to meet and greet everybody like we always do. Get to know all you folks. And you're going to be active participants in the show. Do I have Joe Allen? Yes. Joe Allen. Joe, uh, I, I want you on here. You're going to stick through the break. AIs, they're in a full meltdown now on AI. And, and I just, and we're going to talk about it when we get back, maybe even have a, a cold open. But of the other five convergences on the, when we talk about accelerationist versus Luddites, we being the Luddites, the, the things people are seeing right now on the accelerating at an accelerating rate on AI, and it's just AI GPT, right? You ain't seen, it, the same thing's happening in CRISPR, the same thing's happening in regenerative robotics. The same thing is happening uh, in quantum computing. If you look at all five of the areas, nanotechnology, if you look at the five converging factors to get to the singularity, those type of things are going on, and you ain't seen nothing yet. That's not even behind 
the doors of the weapons labs and the research labs. This thing is so far ahead of where anybody thought it was going to be, except for you in the War Room Posse. But it is, um, we are entering uncharted territory. And uncharted territory is often dangerous territory. Joe Allen, our editor for all things transhumanism, is going to join us after a short commercial break. A lot of people complain about the state of our country or the way woke corporations treat us and their employees. But it's not enough to complain. We need to change the way the marketplace works. And that starts with you and where you spend your money. In less than a year, Public SQ has grown to be the largest platform of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses the world has ever seen. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that would never counsel you, counsel you for your political views, Public SQ is your guide. There's also interactive, sensor-free community groups where you can connect with other local members. Here's the best part. It's absolutely, totally free to join. Just go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public, the word, the letters, sq.com. And download the app today, totally free. Simply create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free so your local community can start to support you. We can't always change the world, but we can change how and where we spend our hard-earned dollars. Begin your search at Public Square today. Go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Getter has arrived. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Okay, get on Getter. We've got everything going on nonstop. It's free. It downloads free. We've got live streams. We have everything. Uh, I'm giving you immersive experience. Uh, breaking news. It looks like Jim Jordan just said the Judiciary Committee is going to go to the border next week. This means Andy Biggs, what he's working on, is the real deal. This is the impeachment of Mallorcas and more. This is going to lead to the impeachment. This investigation will lead to the impeachment of Garland and, and uh, Biden for high crimes and misdemeanors. Jim Jordan says they're going to go to the border, and he believes they're going to hold a hearing there. And that's by Jake Sherman over at Punchbowl. Um, signal, not noise, uh, Joe Allen. Because um, last time I watched Anderson Cooper, and they got the young man from Princeton that wrote the counterprogram on AI to see if the, the term papers. You see him in a tizzy because the term paper. And he actually, the young man said, and he's done the counter to see if there's, you know, if you're using AI to write a high school term paper. And he brought up these great points and about bursty and all these, all these things you can tell if the human's writing it or not. But he did say, hey, at the end of the day, I think a lot of basic news reporting, fundamental financial reporting will just be done by AI. Um, and so now that the creative things of design, all these things, they're in a tizzy. They're in a meltdown. 
and the teachers in a meltdown and a, that whole crowd's in a meltdown. That's just the tip, 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 or as President Trump says, tippy top of the of this issue of this issue of AI. And all when you say accelerationist versus Luddite, there's accelerationist in every vertical, whether it's quantum computing, whether it's advanced chip design, whether it's regenerative robotics, or it's artificial general intelligence and biotechnology. And a couple of these, we have no earthy idea what's going on in these labs behind the scenes. Joe Allen. Put it in perspective and make it make sense to me, sir. <laughs> you know, Steve, the accelerationist versus the Luddites is a really, really important point. We'd hit that with uh, Peter Thiel, and, you know, he positions himself as a, an accelerationist, a cautious accelerationist. And the, the idea behind accelerationism, there's kind of two camps. Uh, one just simply sees artificial intelligence or uh, you know, military robotics or genetic engineering, all these things as inevitable. And therefore, in order to keep up in this new world that's being created, we have to accelerate the progress of technology uh, to keep up. But then, you know, really, the when I think of accelerationists generally, I think of those who just upon their own volition, they want to drive things forward because they believe that is the way things should go. Transhumanists, obviously, uh, hardcore accelerationists in most instances, and there's no caution there. There's no sense that, to what to the extent there's any caution, any downside they consider to be worth it. Right? Human beings are going to lose their jobs. Oh well, that's just progress. Uh, human beings are going to develop all these psychological issues. Oh well, they were just too weak to handle it. Um, human beings may be destroyed by uh, you know warlike uh, you know robotic machines. Oh well. That's just the way it goes. Evolution must proceed. And so the accelerationist mentality is one that, uh, to put it in the sort of Christian framing, is hurtling towards the apocalypse as fast as they possibly can because they believe that that is the right and true way that things should be. The, you know, the, the most extreme stuff, the artificial general intelligence, uh, radical genetic engineering, uh, very, very sophisticated robotics, those things are seem to be right over the horizon, and they always seem right over the horizon. Very difficult to see or to tell when they're actually going to manifest or if. But one thing that is definitely happening, what we've been covering on chatbots and the generation of text, and then, of course, the image generators. This is happening right now, and I believe that, uh, that the technology is already there and the psychological and, and social impacts are already there. Um, if Denver could throw up just a few of these images, the pretty, if you could throw some up from the pretty camp first, just so that the audience is not completely put off, um, you know, this is very, very typical. There are now just bazillions of these images out there. They're all derived from previous human artwork. So some human being at some point created something sort of like this in this style, and the machine basically scrapes up all that data and when requested for, say, psychedelic picture of tree or spiritual eyeball with sky or something like that, um, it produces these things. And you can see, I mean, they're, they're much better than anything I can do. They're much better than any kind of average artist could do. And I, I think that the more that these are available, I mean, they're already available readily. The better they get, um, the, the more people are just going to turn to them, you know, traditional graphic artists just simply won't be needed anymore. And more importantly, the more this happens, the more the cultural space is going to fill up with artificial content, content that was produced just by a bot. 
And the, the more convincing that content is, whether it's verbal or pictorial, uh, the, the more people will just simply accept it. It will fade into the background. It will end up in that strange zone, as it was described as the, the dead Internet theory, right? The, the conspiracy theory that the Internet is full of more bots than human beings. Uh, I, I don't know how long that would take. I, it wouldn't surprise me if in a matter of years there's literally more verbal and visual content produced by bots on the Internet uh, than there is by human beings because the output is so rapid. You just ask, and within a second, whoa, you've whoa, got whoa, it. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean What do you mean years? What do you mean years? It's going to be a year. Yeah. My point is every time you make an estimate, not you, but anybody, it, it, it so overwhelms that. It so overwhelms that because these are increasing at an increasing rate. It's accelerating at an accelerating rate. And that's what the accelerationists want. We got to bounce, Joe. We're going to be back on. Everybody get your. But remember, at the core of the accelerationist is the oligarchs prime focus, which is they want to live forever. It's their ability to live forever. Whether it's Zuckerberg, any of these guys, Bezos, that is their number one objective. Peter Thiel, Elon Musk, the whole crowd of them. Okay, they live for other. Whatever happens to you happens to you. Okay, you don't think this is against the basic tenets of the Judeo-Christian West? Okay, Joe, how do people get to you? Uh, you can find a piece if you want to go to the dark side on this. You can find a piece that's up right now, WarRoom.org, under the Transhumanism tab, or my site, JoeBot.xyz. Uh, the piece is AI conjures a Cronenberg film. It's like gazing into the gates of hell. Uh, one of my fa- he's a yeah. dark editor or a dark director. One of my favorites, and they recreated a, a sort of movie out of his material. Very very dark. Very worth looking at if you yeah. have a taste for it. Thank you, sir. Everybody, go do it. We'll put it up. Charlie Kirk, the populist nationalist. Charlie Kirk follows us right here in Real America's Voice. We're back five to seven. We will be on fire. Maybe even have a special guest in studio. Stick around for uh... War Room Posse. You already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize That heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's Warroom 
WarRoomHealth.com. All one word, WarRoomHealth.com. Use the code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WarRoomHealth, all one word, WarRoomHealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.